approaching exit 5030, northbound, heading towards Route 42. There's no other cars on the road. When I look to my right, and in the dark, there's somebody, I have no idea if it was a man or a woman, because I was driving by, you know, probably doing 65, but without a doubt, it's somebody in a wedding dress and a wedding veil carrying flowers. And let me tell you, it freaked me out. Welcome to the Wicked Garden Podcast, Episode 2, uh, Route 55, Indian Curse Road. Tonight we have for you uh, government vans on fire. <laughs> um, we have fiery dump trucks. We have scared DJs. And we have the story of Route 55, which is a really strange story. Um, and I'm your host, Mike. I'm your co-host, Tracy. And uh, you heard in the intro, um, Big Daddy Graham. He is a sports radio personality on WIP. Which is a local radio station here in the Philadelphia area. Right. And this is another South Jersey story. Um, so uh, to give you a little bit of geographical um, uh, background on this whole thing, Route 55 is uh, a road that goes from Philadelphia to the Shore Points. Uh, or that's at least the way it was supposed to be designed. Um, but want to take care of a little bit of business first. If you've seen a ghost, uh, you have a haunting, uh, you've seen a cryptid, you've had a UFO experience, please reach out to us on our Facebook page, which is Wicked Garden Podcast. Um, also, feel free to reach out to us on our email, which is email at wickedgardenpodcast.com. And... Um, Let's get back to Route 55. So Tracy's going to give you a little bit of history on Route 55 and what, uh, where the road is and what it was all about. Yeah, so I wanted to kind of set the stage a little bit also for what the uh, area of South Jersey looks like. So a lot of people across the nation have two images in, in their head of New Jersey. One is Newark, which is all the chemical plants that you see from New York City. Tony Soprano. <laughs> yes, Tony Soprano's world, right? And so it's busy, and it's a lot of people, and there's a lot of houses, a lot of cars. And then the other one, unfortunately, about it. <laughs> the other one, unfortunately, is the Jersey Shore show, which shows you the North Jersey Shore, right? And and uh, all the chaos and crazy that goes on in North Jersey. Yes, all the local inhabitants in their best light. Yes, absolutely. Um, so South Jersey is one of those places that I was really surprised by when I came to this area of the world, right? I came from a very rural farming community in Southwest Arkansas. It was very sandy soil, lots and lots of pine trees. So imagine my surprise when I'm driving through South Jersey going, wow, this looks just like Arkansas, <laughs> <laughs> right? So it is sandy and there's lots of pine trees and there's lots and lots of, uh, farming communities, blueberries they're the blueberry capital of the united states for instance so that's a perspective that many people won't know about new jersey but also it is related to our name wicked garden podcast exactly the uh garden part is referring to the garden state of new jersey 
which honestly, I swear it truly is primarily rural and farmland. <laughs> yeah, it's the most densely populated state, but that's only because of what goes on up north. And uh, there were a lot of laws in place to keep a lot of open land. Right. So there is a, a it's truly a rural farming community for most of the state, especially around South Jersey. So in the 50s, what they had decided to do was build this awesome road that essentially would connect Philadelphia to Cape May. And if you look at the map... And because it was New Jersey, it was going to be a toll road. Of course, because everything has to be a toll road in Jersey. If you look at the map of New Jersey, uh, Cape May is really the bottom of the shore towns, right? It's the last shore town you, you can reach in the state of New Jersey. It's a little Victorian uh, town on the coast of New Jersey, very pretty if you ever get a chance to visit it do so but unfortunately you can't take route 55 there no it still doesn't <laughs> go there cape may is very haunted though yes it is so uh i'm sure at some point it will did be you in just our say repertoire. it was haunted you're a skeptic i did okay we can skip that part <laughs> um anyway so route 55 was supposed to be the road that connects route 42 to cape may so for those of you not from this area once you cross um the Walt Whitman Bridge from Philadelphia into New Jersey, you land on Route 42. It goes on for six or seven six or seven miles. Then it splits off, and the Atlantic City Expressway goes on due east to Atlantic City, and Route 42 heads south and starts to meander down towards Cape May. So this was going to be the connection from that major road to Cape May. Um, that was in the 50s. In the 70s, it was nicknamed the Road to Nowhere because the only thing that had been constructed so far was a portion of the road from just north of Vineland to Port Elizabeth, which is south of Vineland, but still way, way north of Cape May. Absolutely. So it was just this tiny little road literally built in the middle of nowhere. Road to Nowhere. Road to Nowhere. Didn't even connect to 42 yet. So... And that portion wasn't as um, controversial. True. As it was, the portion that we're going to talk about. Right. So that was the portion that was literally right through the blueberry fields, and so nobody really cared. So in the 80s, they decided to begin the construction that ran from Franklin North to Route 42. So that's the space that actually goes through an Indian burial ground. Thus, the controversy starts. In the summer of 1983, Dr. Charles Pierce, who has a Native American Indian name, which is... Sachem Wyandaga. Awesome. He called a press conference and asked for a halt to construction, especially around Deptford. And Deptford is that first little part of the road right from Route 42. As soon as you get on Route 55, it's around Deptford. And there are... Indian burial grounds in that area from seven, 8,000 years ago? Yeah, the Paleolithic period. So he called a press conference and said, you really need to not do this. If you defile these grave sites, it is unforgivable. He's quoted as saying, if work continues, some very unusual things may occur at this site, um, which is very... Uh, good premonition because he was correct that some very very unusual things happened at that construction site which mike's going to get into yeah i have in a like actually a little other little soundbite from him um this is dr pierce via phone interview uh in the old prophecies and curses when you go over the dead you're risking the curse he said in a telephone interview the road will never be safe to travel on there will always be more than usual bloodshed and again, that just sends a chill down my spine because of the stories that Mike's going to get into here in a few minutes. And what's really frustrating, this was about a seven and a half mile stretch of road, and all he asked them to do was move it over three miles, which would have made it an eight mile stretch of road <laughs> instead of seven and a half. He literally just said, please just scooch it over and go around the burial ground. They said no and proceeded to excavate and go right through the middle of the burial ground right so uh what happened was in march of 1983 they started to do some land clearing just basically taking down some trees and that kind of stuff um and the accident started right away uh, john rouse construction company uh was on scene and uh they had a bunch of stuff happen um leroy starling um who we're going to talk a little bit about uh, his parents. He was a, a asphalt worker on the job. His parents were killed in a car accident. 
um, during the first night of construction. Um, and that weekend, uh, also a office worker in one of the trailers, uh, their brother and father died in a car accident as well. It's crazy. I mean, it started immediately. As soon as they broke ground, this, these bad things that Dr. Pierce uh, predicted started coming true. Absolutely. And uh, Leroy Starling had a really bad week. He did. Um, because Leroy Starling was also killed by his own asphalt machine. Which I still can't figure out how it happened. Right. We were talking about It was about one of those this. steamroller asphalt machines, right? Absolutely, yeah. And we, we were talking about this. You know, we don't know what kind of, um, you know, uh, safety precautions were in place back then as far as, you know, machinery in the 1980s was. Um, but, you know, you can basically get into a car nowadays and if you have your uh, apple and bologna sandwich in your brown paper bag on your passenger seat, uh, your car's uh, letting you know right away, hey. Some, you know. Something's not right, and your airbag's not going to work because we don't right. know if that's a kid or your lunch. So we're turning your airbag off. Right. So we were thinking, you know, maybe there was a pressure switch on the seat. I, um, I don't and, know. You know, you, you guys out there might know. It would be great if you could email in and let us know uh, a little bit more about that. I did locate somebody um, who was on the crew, uh, but they were reluctant to come on. Um, it was actually kind of funny because it was before our <laughs> our website was up and before we even had a logo. <laughs> yeah, so they, they amazingly they thought, thought we were phantom. Yeah, they, they didn't thought believe I was we calling, existed. thought I was calling from India. But, <laughs> you know. I'm Paul, and I'm yeah. calling from the IRS. Yeah. So basically, they didn't want to come on. But it would be interesting to find out if anybody from that period who was an operating engineer would know anything about uh, steamrollers and whether, you know, there was a pressure switch there because how do you run yourself over with your own steamroller? I can relate to that though, because I did have a dream where I was crushed, not by a steamroller, but by a compactor. So one of those compactors that come through and compact the ground. I woke poor Mike up screaming one night, uh, because I'm a very active dreamer. <laughs> recently. Yes, it was recently. It was uh, when we started talking about Route 55, and before he told me about the steamroller accident, um, he, when we got up that morning, he's like, what in the world were you screaming about? And I'm like, well, I was crossing a crosswalk, and there was this giant piece of road construction equipment that was like a, a, a tamper, and it was across the, the crosswalk, and just as I went under it, the thing started falling and was about to crush me. And I said, let me tell you a story. <laughs> and that's when it got really kind of bizarre. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, there was also a worker who was blown off an overpass by a sudden gust of wind out of nowhere and paralyzed. Now, you know, we have strong winds down here in South Jersey. We just literally had a uh, strong wind come through a bunch of places last week. But um, it was a storm, and you knew you it was knew there, and you weren't going to be on a bridge for right. darn sure during it. Right, right. And it's not like, you know, it, it's, it's just unusual for a sudden gust of wind that strong to come up out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, we either have really strong winds that are just constant, or we have nice breezes. Right. There's none of this sudden, you know, zephyr of air to strong enough to knock you off a bridge. And then nothing else. Yeah, because we're near the ocean, you know, in the wintertime, um, we have some winds down here in January and February that are just unreal. We sit here sometimes at night. Listen to them Fridays now. and Saturdays and just are amazed that we still have shingles in the morning. <laughs> but for a sudden gusts to come up like that is pretty crazy. Um, another worker uh, had his, uh, who was working on the site, um, he was involved in excavation as well. Uh, this poor gentleman had his feet turn black. I'd really like to know how that story ended because typically when your feet turn black, they have to amputate them. Right. Or, or usually it's a, a maybe a, a symptom of some other problem with you physically. Right. Some massive issue. And this is just a random symptom. Right. Now, the stuff I read, it, you know, also qualified him as being pretty healthy before Otherwise, this happened. Right. Right. Um, and you know, it kind of just happened out of nowhere, but it does not, the stories that I read do not go on to tell you, um, what transpired with him afterwards. So if anyone knows the Blackfoot man, tell him to give us a call. Cause I'd love to know what really happened and where that story ended up. Right. You know, if basically 
that guy probably went to the beach every every <laughs> time after that. And people were like, the guy with the sandals black and the socks, black socks. Right. Um, so that happened. Um, and then, uh, as I promised, we have a fiery uh, government van. A van transporting five Department of Transportation workers from one end of the project to the other caught fire and exploded. Uh, those workers narrowly escaped. And just remember, I mean, this is a very short stretch of highway we're talking about, right? It's 7.2 miles that a, a small crew that all of these things have happened to, a van catching on fire on this 7.2 stretch of highway. I mean, it's just one really bizarre thing after another. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to jump around a little bit here too, to talk a little bit about uh, some of the other things that happened. Um, another worker on the site, um, in the span of just a couple months, had three heart attacks. That's crazy. For one, once you have the first heart attack, when do you, you go back working? to work? Right. <laughs> As a construction worker. I know it's the 80s. Right. You know, I, I don't know what it is. It, it didn't talk about what his function was. Um, but these were these were sites. I got this information from, you know, uh, a lot of first-run newspapers. Exactly. This is not stories no. from crazy post right. posting is, boards. These are all... Uh, from credible news sources. Legitimate reporter. Yeah, New York Times, Daily News, Philadelphia Daily News, Courier Post, uh, NJ.com, that kind of thing. Um, what also happened is it actually extended out uh, to start to, um, you know, affect families of these workers. Um, their uh, Other workers or members of their families were diagnosed with fast-moving cancers. And other serious illnesses. So, you know, we have this thing expanding out. Not only are you not, you know, you're cursed if you work on the site. If, you know, if you're home and, you know, a worker from the site comes home, you, it's spreading to you. I and mean, right. it's pretty crazy. And uh, some wives suffered miscarriages. Um, and all this started with the first scoop of dirt. And it kind of calmed down um, for the construction crew obviously when the when the roadbed was completed right so as soon as they left the construction site their worlds went back to normal so th this was an impact at a uh, a ratio that doesn't make sense right? right a small group of guys on a small stretch of highway have all of this stuff happen to them while they're working on the highway but the moment they're done and they walk off their lives go back to that normal world and a key figure in all this is carl kruger who was the site chief um, they, he's described it a couple of different ways, but basically the guy in charge. Um, and Carl Kruger had some Cherokee heritage in him. Um, and you can see in different articles, uh, you guys can take a look at him. Uh, he's kind of playing um, the state uh, official in some of them. And he says, no, nah, it's absolutely nothing to this curse stuff. It's all just a bunch of circumstances. And then later on, as things go along in some of the ar other articles, He's, yeah, there may be something to this. And I wonder if that's just a time element. You know, if because right. in the very beginning, a lot of really awful things happened very close together, right? Guy's parents dies, the office worker dies, the guy gets run over by a steamroller, all that happens really quickly. So I could see his point in saying, not curse, back off. But as it yeah, goes on. <laughs> yeah, because he's got guys probably wanting to walk off the job. Exactly, exactly. They're like, look, you know. I'm done. Right. Union guys, call me when you have some other job. I'm not working this job. Right. You know? Um, and one thing that was, was mentioned somewhere in one of these articles is he actually had at one point lobbied to stop construction um, at, in this whole process. So at some point, he eventually says, whoa, wait a minute, hold up, let's stop. And, of course, that doesn't happen. Um, back then, the governor was Tom Kane. Um, and Tom Kane was kind of a guy who was a get things done guy. Um, so I don't think he would have taken too kindly to the, the site chief talking about that. But then Carl has another experience um, where he's riding along in his pickup truck with a state engineer. And that state engineer collapsed and died next to him from a brain aneurysm. I wonder if that's the point where he said, I'm done. Definitely could be. <laughs> right. It's, and I mean, to not to defend Tom Kane at all, but to 
defend him a little bit. This project started in the 50s, and we're talking about the mid to late 80s, and they're just now completing this road. Oh, which they, they did not. It's still not complete because yeah. it still stops well north of Cape May. So yeah. even though it starts on 42 now up around Deptford, it still does not go all the way to Cape May. It stops in the middle of the farmlands between Vineland and Cape May. Yeah, and, you know, this is a road. I don't know if it could get built with this set of circumstances today. I think probably not. I think we're in a more um, PC culturally time, aware, culturally aware time. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think this would be something that would be going on. At they the, would at have moved at the three miles. Absolutely. At the very least, at the very least, they, they would have bypassed, bypassed the burial, yeah. in Indian burial ground. And, you know, history is, uh, the time that this was all going on is very important to reference here because another thing that went on with this uh, process, and I'm still not done with construction accidents, by the way, but something that went on with this process during this time was um, there was an ar archaeologist that was on the job, and he was collecting artifacts. Um, and Gloucester County uh, was having their 300, uh, their tricentennial. And they wanted to try to get some of these artifacts from him and get them displayed. And he just kept putting them off, putting them off. Um, and, you know, it, it sort of kind of seemed like he, and I don't know if I'm reading into it, but, you know, that's my portion of this job here. Is to, <laughs> <laughs> to make suppositions and put them yeah, out there, right? But it, it, it's mentioned so many times in this New York Times article and that is titled, Is This New Road Tempting Fate? And you guys can go read it too. And the reporter spends a lot of time talking about the chain of evidence and a chain of custody with these artifacts and how there re it really wasn't a transparent um, you know, process. And it, it probably should have been. And it should have been. I mean, one of the primary points Dr. Pierce had was you're going through what we know is an 8,000-year-old Indian burial ground. Now, whether there's actually human fragments still left, who knows? But there's going to be artifacts. And so that's where I'm going with this. See, where I'm going with this is, was the state telling this archaeologist, hey, if you find any bones, keep it on the down low. Um, we're talking Paleolithic period, so it would be unusual to find. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they at some point found some mummified type of or something, yeah. remains. Um, but probably not dating back to that period. And Paleolithic Indians uh, made a lot of tools with wood, a lot of tools with animal bone. Um, and the one thing that they made out of uh, flint were they made spear points out of flint. So these were Clovis-type spear points. Uh, so that's eventually what this archaeologist uh, winds up sending to a museum in Trenton. But that's still not... South Jersey. Trenton is, by the way, that space we were talking about earlier that you all right. recognize, the really ugly Tony Soprano world, where, and this road is 150 miles from there. And it's not clear from these articles whether Gloucester ever got anything out of the archaeologists. So it, it just seemed, they spent a lot of time, you know, it's, it's a New York Times article. The guy spent a lot of time on the artifacts in the chain of custody. Uh, we know that in 1990, there was a federal law put into place um, that basically made it a federal uh, offense to um, keep Indian artifacts. Um, so I know from reading some of that material that uh, what went on on Route 55 with the artifacts was kind of a uh, driver towards implementing that law. Uh, and again, you know, period in history. Uh, this is the 80s. And it's not as, as culturally aware. So maybe there was something going on there. Well, know. at least Route 55, for all of the tragedy and craziness that's occurred on it, resulted in something that's beneficial with the law being passed to not disturb those types of grounds in the future. Right. And John J. Chelly was the owner of the excavation company. Um, and he had a, that they were the excavation company that actually cleared the land. And he died soon after construction began when his Corvette skidded off an icy road in Vineland, not Route 55, but another another icy road. But he was connected to Route 55. It was his ex excavation company. Yes. So there were a ton 
of really tragic um, accidents that have happened along Route 55, and a couple things happen um, that are you, kind of bizarre. You mean outside of the construction? Right. Right. Yeah, so just af- post-construction, the curse did not go away. No, no. Um, it continued. And there are, if you just Google Route 55 accident, you, you see all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, there was a... Uh, Miss New Jersey that unfortunately was killed on the road. Um, there was a trooper named Frankie Williams uh, who was killed on the road in, in some really weird circumstances. Um, and there are a couple stories that I'll relate uh, to emphasize that. There there was one, um, two women uh, traveling in a, a Saturn Aura, and they actually went off the road um, and this is something that happens on Route 55 too. People get hit twice. That is so weird to me. Yeah, and and, and it's so weird. these two women are in the car. The car goes off the road, and then it ricochets off a tree, comes back on the road, and they hit a jeep. And the driver of the jeep is okay, but the two women that were in the car actually are deceased after hitting the jeep. Right. They made it through the first hit, but not the second hit. Right. And, you know, it's, we're going to go take a ride on the road um, and probably put that up as our, one of our Patreon episodes for you guys. Uh, we're going to stop in a couple areas that we've identified and maybe where we want to do some EVPs and that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, I know I've been down the road before. There's kind of an embankment off to the side. So you would think if a car went down there, it would kind of stay down there. It's very unusual that it would ricochet back up on the road, but I guess not, you know, impossible. Um, and then we'll move on to another story here. This is a 40-year-old man from Elk Township. And this poor gentleman, uh, once again, goes off the road. Uh, he goes down into the embankment, uh, crashes. Um, he is injured. He gets out of the car, makes his way back up to the road, and gets hit by a car. And killed. That's like my worst nightmare with my kids, <laughs> right? I've always told them, you get in a car accident, stay in the car, right? It's just, but it's unusual the frequency with which it's the second accident that kills people on Route 55. Right. It's almost as if, you know, you got in an accident and we didn't get you. We didn't get you, so we're coming back. Huh? It's crazy. Uh, another thing that happens in a lot of these accidents is drivers driving the wrong way. And once again, you know, we I haven't been down the road in a really long time, but you know, it's it's unusual to enter the road unless you're completely whacked out, inebriated, going the wrong way. And this happens all the time. It happened in the case of Frankie Williams. Um, it happened uh, in the case of the, the women in the Saturn Aura. Uh, people enter the road going the wrong way. And, you know, I remember the markers. The markers are very, very clear. Um, you can see what way is what way. And, and this happens constantly. So just to describe the road a little bit, it is a divided road because it was expected to be a toll road. And so when you enter it, you're going through an entrance and you can only get on one side of the road. So they literally have to start from the beginning making the mistake because they're on the wrong entrance. Exactly. And I am going to read one because it just, I don't know, it really sticks out to me. Um, a motorist who slammed into a dump truck early Thursday morning was reportedly spotted driving the wrong direction on Route 55 for several miles before the fatal crash. Uh, this is from June 23rd of 2017. Uh, New Jersey State Police on Friday identified the driver of the F-150 pickup as Peter Kozlowski, 33, of the Irma section of Cape May County. Uh, His identification was delayed because of burns and other injuries he suffered in the accident, which saw both vehicles catching fire. Uh, The dump truck driver, who was badly injured in the head-on collision, told the Daily Journal on Friday other truck drivers reported seeing Peter uh, in his pickup driving for several miles on the highway the wrong way. Uh, The guy's quoted as saying, the guy was on the wrong side of the road for quite a long way. Um, because a couple of the drivers saw him two, three miles up. Now that's that's unusual, and uh, also the when questioned, the Peter's father said that Peter was a pretty straight arrow. 
kid was going to school, uh, improving himself. Uh, he was actually also um, in the golf a lot. He was a big golfer, and nobody could even figure out why he was on the road at that time of night. So it, you know, the strange accidents really, really do pile up. A lot of strange circumstances, a lot of things catching on fire, um, a lot of people driving the wrong way down the road, and unfortunately a lot of people getting hit twice before they before they die fatally. It's crazy. And, and they, these are all the stories about things that occurred that are accidents, construction accidents, car accidents, and then there's this whole host of stories like what we let off the show with. Right. And what we let off the show with was basically uh, Big Daddy Graham uh, describing seeing a woman along the side of the road, as you heard, with uh, a bouquet of flowers, a white dress, and a veil. And if you go to YouTube, you guys can take a look at the two videos um, that uh, YouTube user Bill Hand um, loaded up, uh, and you'll see... Uh, the woman walking along the side of the road. And this is pitch black dark. Um, Bill slows the video down so you can take a look at it. And in Bill's video, she does not have a veil on. Um, you know, it's hard to see because she's off to the side, and obviously Bill's going by her really fast. Um, but Big Daddy goes on to describe in that, uh, that little uh, clip of audio that I had recorded from him. He goes on to describe that uh, he was just like, amazed and he as he was speeding up he he sees a trooper come on behind him so as he gets up uh the trooper pulls up alongside him he's you know he's trying to get the trooper's uh, attention he gets the trooper's attention uh they both pull over to pu- the trooper comes along alongside him and he they both roll down their windows and the trooper says lady in white <laughs> yes yes <laughs> as a matter of fact and big daddy says yeah and he goes we're on it and he actually goes through the median and goes back the other way. Uh, to, he was looking for one of those little spots where spots they cross. to turn around. So yeah. a big shout out to Big Daddy Graham. He had actually agreed to come on the show and, and be a part of the show and an interview with us. And we are sad because he's he's under the weather at the moment, actually in the hospital, in the hospital. and not available for the show today. Yeah. So shout out to Big Daddy. We hope you get better soon. We miss you. And we really miss you on this show because uh, – we would have loved to. He's an entertaining guy. He He's is also funny. a he comedian. Yeah. Um, you guys can uh, check out his shows. It's called Two Funny Philly Guys. Uh, so if you just Google on Two Funny Philly Guys, you'll you'll get some information on Big Daddy. So hopefully he gets he gets well soon and can join us sometime later in the yeah. Summer. Come on and talk about it and follow up with us. Um, eventually, what happened with that is the police identified this as a runaway. I um, don't believe that. <laughs> Yeah. I'm the skeptic. I'm not believing it. Go ahead, tell the story, and I'll th- then tell you why I don't believe it. Well, what the police said was that it was a teenager who had escaped from a uh, local, you know, kind of like a halfway house, kind of like a place for uh, troubled teens to go, called Robert's Nest. Um, and when you look at Bill's video, um, like I said, you don't see a veil and you don't see the flowers that Big Daddy saw. Um, you know, so number one, was it even the same person you know uh and you know our i did a little bit of googling and looked for this robin's nest off of where they found this girl and if this girl was walking on 55 she was on like her sixth mile right it's a a long way away from the facility they said she ran away from not that that could not happen you can walk six miles and it was you know late at night so that's a possibility but here's why i don't believe believe it where did she get the dress? Where did she get the veil? Where did she get the flowers? Right? It just doesn't make any if sense. If you look at the video, even the thing that she's wearing, it, you know, it, I guess it could be a nightgown, but if it's a nightgown, it's a it's a nightgown from like the Victorian era. Right? It makes no sense. So I'm I'm not buying this story. Um, they obviously found somebody. Um and said, yep, yep, you're right, there was this lady, but I don't know, I don't know that it was a teenage runaway that decided to dress up in a, as a, you know, yeah. a bride. Yeah, I mean, it would a be... Mi- un- a, a Miss Havisham, for lack of a better way to yeah. put it. Yeah, it would be, you know, really unusual for two people to be walking alongside a road or 
Yeah. You know, but there is some question. How do they know? How do they know they got the same person? How do they know they were talking about the same person that Big Daddy and and Bill had called them about? Because Bill actually was the guy, the other guy who had called before Big Daddy got in touch with the the troopers. Well, there's two thoughts in my head. One, Bill and and uh, Big Daddy saw an apparition that wasn't really real. And what they picked up was some girl from Robin's Nest that had run away who was in a white T-shirt and shorts, not yeah, a dress. That could definitely happen. Right, but I, I don't know. That's just Tracy's opinion. Yeah, it, it could be. Um, so I've got another couple accounts here. Uh, and these, these, this is actually an account from a, um, a blog post called uh, Indian Curse Road. Route 55, quantum theories. Um, and it is a, uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, this gentleman went and talked to a limo driver. So um, when he talked to the limo driver, uh, it was a limo driver out of Vineland. A limo driver recounted uh, stories of seeing apparitions along the side of the road as well. And he also um, talked about how he always has cell service problems in that area the area where the burial ground was um and he also talked about uh seeing three cars on fire on the side of the road uh at in one night uh he's also uh seen other eerie things along that stretch of the road that he really can't explain um and uh he shared the stories of the apparitions um, and he's also talked about how that area of Deptford and that area of that road is the most common place for him and his other limo drivers to have car problems. Um, he's gotten flat tires. He's had engine trouble he's, and uh, broken down with vehicles that were, were perfectly fine. Uh, so it's, it's pretty crazy. And, you know, we have some tow truck driver accounts, too, to um, talk about, but... Uh, People report a lot of car trouble when but I just looked. to talk about the limo thing because I, I know my friends in Arkansas are going, yeah, rural state with the limo service tooling through there on a regular basis. Uh, the short answer to that is yes, and here's why: there's Philadelphia, a major city; Atlantic City, a major playground, and it's the uh, transportation, the mode of transportation most uh, used between the two. Um, the, a lot of athletes use them. Prom. You know, people on their prom, weddings, limos are a big deal up here. Everybody Absolutely. takes limos. <laughs> I mean, a bunch of girls will just rent a limo for a weekend and go from Philadelphia to Atlantic City or from Vineland to Atlantic City because they don't want to drive. They just want to tool around casinos, get a casino. So limos is a really, although a very uncommon site where I grew up in the middle of the pine in the sand, it's very, very common here just because of where we are in, in connection with Philadelphia and the Jersey Shore, Atlantic City specifically. Right. We we actually, on Friday night, coming back to our oh, place <laughs> from dinner, saw two uh, stretch Hummers. Yes. Um, one orange, one with a hot tub in the back. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of limos here in South Jersey. Well, not only that, we saw a limo at, in front of a famous uh, Italian restaurant with the soprano actor guy standing outside of it. Michael Imperioli. Yeah, it was really kind of funny. We were going out for dinner, and I'm like, oh, it's him, it's him, it's Christopher, because <laughs> I couldn't remember his real name. So Limos are common here, is my point. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, it so, seems kind of weird, right? It was kind of like your point with my goblet and the right. piano room. It's like, it seems out of place right. for a garden, rural community. Yeah. So, again, Route 55, um, you know, cell disruption, a lot of... Um, people reporting their own cars breaking down, uh, that kind of thing. So we move on to the tow truck drivers and there was a couple tow truck drivers interviewed for another article that I had seen. And, um, one tow truck driver talked about how he actually, when he picks somebody up off route 55, um, he literally will drive them off the route, uh, get the car back to the garage this is what he used to do get the car back to the garage and then that person will get a call and say, Hey, come pick up your car. There's nothing wrong with it. Start it right up. Um, so what this guy started doing was he started uh, telling people, Hey, imagine having this conversation. No, cause <laughs> hey, I know what you're going to say. And I listen, cannot ma- imagine. <laughs> uh, I want to take you off, you know, the road here. Um, but why don't we get to the bottom of the ramp and get to another road and try to start your car? Cause he's been successful with, 
And, and this is the cra- right. You're you're irritated. You're frustrated. Your car's broke down. You're on Route 55, so you're waiting on some crazy ghost, paranormal, or awful thing to happen to you, right? The tow truck driver pulls up and says, "Hey, I'm just going to tow you a thousand feet over to 561. We're going to fire your car right back up, and it works almost every time because as soon as he gets the car off Route 55, it starts back up. Yeah, I, crazy. I can't fathom being the person receiving that. I mean, I know the story. It would still freak me out. Yeah, absolutely. So I have some uh, <clears throat> paranormal sto- paranormal stories that I pulled from old, old message boards and some other places uh, that people talk about. Um, one uh, story here. Uh, I had a very close call on that road about 18 months ago. Uh, so close that I kept going outside to look at the side of my car. <laughs> or I could not comprehend that it was not hit. And even though I was not in an accident, I felt as though I was from a psychological standpoint. It was really traumatic and definitely bizarre. Um, You know, once again, we got a guy driving on the wrong side of the road. Uh, A guy never saw me as he was switching lanes, and he ended up running me off the road. He, in turn, ended up driving southbound in the center lane, but on the northbound side against a lot of oncoming traffic near Deptford. Um, and he never got hit. So for those people, um, the guardian angels were out for him that night. Right. And Deptford is the most populated space along this road because it's right there at 42, where, right around that Atlantic City Expressway space. So that's where all the, all the people live. Yeah. Now here's a really, really off-the-wall one. Um, and this one is another one that comes from a message board uh, from way, way back in the day. Um, There was much controversy when 55 went in. I personally saw the front of a brand new car come apart as if it had been hit by a stump. The car flipped and the passengers were almost both killed. I was right behind the vehicle. And the really strange thing is that one of the two girls was a friend of my father's daughter. And I guess he's talking about a stepsister. Uh, or else no one would have probably believed either of us. But it just so happened that our reports given separately match perfectly. So here's a gentleman that's reporting a car uh, basically running into a phantom tree stump. So is this a time slip thing? Is this, you know... One of those windows? Yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy because that's a distinctive look on a crashed vehicle, right? To run into a, a stump, a solid object... There were no dead animals, obviously no stumps, there were no branches, nothing that would indicate what this vehicle had actually run into. Right. And there were a bunch of other stories. Uh, some of the better ones were one woman uh, recounted coming home one night from the casinos and actually seeing a Indian in full headdress. <laughs> That still makes me laugh. Along the side of the road. I, I just, that's an image that's I, mean, I I get it. We're around Atlantic City, so yeah, but this is... You know, 60, 70 miles from Atlantic City, right? So Was this there is, a village people cover band <laughs> in the area? Right. But, I mean, this is in the middle of the farmlands. This isn't right outside. This isn't the Atlantic City Expressway where we saw a peacock one day, right? right. It's the middle of the farmlands. Right. So she has that experience. And, you know, describing a full headdress, um, once again, these are Indians from the Paleo era, so I doubt. I don't, I don't know. I haven't done my homework, but I doubt, you know, there would be a full headdress. But there were Lenape Indians in the area, too. So that woman saw that. She won't. She actually finished up her comment with, I won't drive on 55 anymore. <laughs> and I can't blame her. I wouldn't do it either. I, I can't blame her. Yeah. Um, another person had recounted where there are relatives who were real hardcore skeptics who had, uh, he's a believer, and they had always made fun of him. Uh, during this whole process, you know, during his whole life. Uh, they were driving home at one thirty at night, one night on Route 55, and they were coming up uh, the road, and a three guys and what they described as, that, well, they described them as looking Native American and wearing loincloths. Now, these are skeptics. Right. See, like three guys running towards the road. Um, they slow down. Because they're thinking, we're going to hit these three guys. And all of a sudden, they turn these three guys and start running down the road alongside the car. They got past the three guys, looked in the rearview mirror, and could not see them afterwards. They disappeared. Disappeared. So, once again, this is, uh, you know, 
kind of hitting on the Native Americans, kind of hitting on the apparition type thing. Um, there were just a ton, a ton of paranormal stories about it. Um, you guys can go do your own research. Um, those are the more crazy ones. Um, and uh, it, I, I just, I can't imagine that there's not something to all this. I believe there is, and I'm the skeptic, right? But um, where I grew up in southwest Arkansas, there were many Native American reservations in the space. You know, went to high school with uh, several people that are Native American, and their connection and spirituality and their connection to the earth is just stronger than those of us who are not raised in that culture. And it's interesting to me because I believe more in their experiences stories theories than most other religions because it's it's connected to nature right it's right. it's not connected to other humans or right. you know some craziness it's it's some ba- theology or some theology that you know is based in some crazy stuff in my mind but these are my- ancient cultures that have been t- in touch with the you know the world for a really long time they have um, you know a, a strong bond with nature a strong bond with nature, which right. translates into a strong spiritual spirituality that's related to naturalness. And that's why I believe and have faith in what they say. And it's interesting because a lot of the Indian cultures see things and observe things, you know, and the stories that they tell are similar to stories you hear today if you just look at them through a slightly different lens. Right. And a lot of what I was concerned about the old Indian curse trope. So I did some research on some um, Native American sites about Dr. Pierce, um, who's Sachin Wyandaga, uh, and, you know, Route 55 in general. And I found a couple sites that were talking about uh, burial mounds and had mentioned Route 55 as one of the cases where these curses, it was definitely cursed and the curse went wrong. Right, and just disturbing the dead's a bad plan, right? And today it would sure. never happen. They'd have scooched over three miles. Right. And we would not be talking about Route 55, is my personal belief. I honestly have a lot of belief in this story. And I, th- I found this interesting, too. When I, when I did research, um, a couple of the first few, few things that came up on the Internet were actually articles that were on lawyers' personal like business sites. That's crazy. That we're referencing. <laughs> Why in the world would an attorney be talking about Route right? 55? And they're referencing this, you know, stuff that happens on Route 55, and they're and they're they're referencing the curse. And these are lawyers. And I found that on two different legal websites. That's really odd. Right. Right. Um, and you know, just to give everybody a, a you know, when I. When I was talking about doing this episode with a couple of people that I know take Route 55 down to Wildwood, they were completely, had no idea this was going on. So I would say stay off Route 55. I agree. <laughs> There's other ways to get there. Absolutely. So uh, that's what's going on on Route 55. Um, we're, like I said, we we're hoping that when Big Daddy recovers, we get to have him on and talk a little bit more about his uh, personal experience. If you guys, or out there and you've had personal experiences on Route 55, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, once again, Wicked Garden Podcast Facebook page, uh, email at wickedgardenpodcast.com. Uh, get in touch with us, tell us your, your Route 55 stories or any other stories, any hauntings, um, any uh, UFO, any cryptid uh, sightings, you know, please get in touch with us. Yeah, speaking of hauntings, I believe the next show, now that we're back in New Jersey, the first couple of shows we kind of strayed from New Jersey. But the next show is specifically, uh, one of the next two shows is a hunting in a house, and then we're talking about a hunting in a public uh, landmark, which we'll hold off on naming that until we firm up those plans. But they are both in New Jersey. So we promise you we'll go down, we'll, we'll go take a look at this Route 55 um, we'll take along our crew. Uh, we'll go down there. We'll do uh, some some searching around, do some EVPs, do that kind of stuff, and report back to you guys on it. Um, our Patreon page is now up. So if you go to Patreon and you search on Wicked Garden Podcast, you can sign up for Patreon, uh, You know, get your own account, 
uh, for $3 a month, you're going to get an extra show. Uh, we're going to try to do at least two extra shows a month. Uh, at the outset here, definitely one. We're going to try to do two, depending upon how much time we get. Um, you never know what's going to go on. Uh, it's not easy to line all this good stuff up. So um, feel free to go over there, You know, support us for as little as $3 a month. That's great. We've got some extra tiers in there. I have a $10 tier where you get a shout out. Uh, I have a $20, $25 a month uh, tier where you get a shout out and a hat. Um, Speaking and of, stuff. we have merchandise, right? Our merchandise is in. Looks yep. great. I'm actually wearing one today. He is. Um, so hopefully we can get the website sorted out this week and we'll have merchandise up there. These hats are pretty cool. Um, so you can get those too. Uh, and trying to think of... I think that's about a wrap. Yeah, yeah, that's it for today on Route 55. And um, once again, I'm your host, Mike. And I am your co-host, Tracy. Looking forward to next time. Have a good night.